the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, a new live local show on K-Praise designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. And hey, hey, my friends, here we are on another edition of Come Together San Diego. You know, one of the biggest threats in God's uh, provisions for unity in the body of Christ is, and actually is a really deterrent to uh, the soon coming full kingdom that he strategizes for us to have on earth, preparing for his return. And that's the topic of infidelity in Christian marriages, because really marriages are the focal point from which he launches his entire strategy of bringing the church together, bringing believers together. But how can we come together if our marriages are broken? And, you know, if you look at at the issues, oftentimes money is one of the key issues that bring separation in Christian marriages. But one of the biggest other causes of uh, of this are, are, are marriages that are broken because of infidelity. And so we're going to actually spend this entire two-hour show dealing with infidelity in Christian uh, believe in believers and, uh, and how God desires to make restitution and healing for that. My guest co-host for this two-hour segment is a man whom I've known for many years, Doug Zabriskie. He's a licensed marriage family therapist, and he works at and with Balance Mental Health and Wellness Center in Rancho Bernardo, <laughs> Doug Zabriskie. Rancho Bernardo, California. Yes, yes, yes. I cast, thanks for Yes, yes, yes. We're, we've got a hefty show, and Doug, we've got some other people calling in as well that are pastors that have insights on this. And I want to make mention of something, too, my friends. We were originally uh, had invited Ray and uh, Sierra Richardson to come on and give some nuances and some insights on uh, marriage and infidelity as well. But we decided to set the stage for this and use this entire two-hour uh, show to talk about this so we could set the stage for future things like that. It really was the movement of the Holy Spirit. It I really think so. Was. I think it was a good choice. So, so what we want to do now is kind of talk a little bit about the problem of infidelity in in uh, Christians in marriages. We could talk about infidelity in non-Christians marriages, and there would be a major discussion. But I think right now, let's focus on believers and how you know the enemy goes. Let's break these guys apart because that's this one of the foundations for God's strategy for building His kingdom on earth, Doug. Well, yeah, just think about the spiritual warfare element of that. Why in the world the enemy's going to attack us first? Yes. Because marriage is the foundation of God's kingdom in the church. Yeah. And so you break apart a marriage, you're going to break apart a church and a family of churches. So it's a crucial area. Now, you deal, you're a marriage and family counselor, so you deal with this all the time. I'm not going to ask you to violate any proprietary pieces of information, but you've got a broad working knowledge of this because you've been doing it for, what, 30 years? Well, I've been involved with this for 30 years, and as a side thing to this, I have also specialized in sexual addiction recovery, sexual yes. compulsivity, and primarily for Christian men, and then there are wives for recovery as well. And so I have a lot of experience in infidelity in a lot of different kinds of ways yes. and how to recover from it. 
Yes. So we're going to dive into this topic in, in with great zeal and in trust Holy Spirit is going to uh, help us in this. In fact, Doug, I'm, as a believer as well as I, why don't you spend a moment or two asking the Lord for intervention in this as we move forward? And my listening friend, this is a vital topic. Many of you either have experienced infidelity or know people who have experienced it. So this is going to give you tools on how to minister through the Holy Spirit in these things. Doug, uh, lay it on us. Father God, we come before you in Jesus' name in this very important area with hope that you'll bring freedom to us, that people that hear this can avoid the problem in the first place and maybe can help friends who have had this problem and be less judgmental about it because it's easy to be judgmental about this topic. How could somebody possibly do this? You know that, Lord. But you're with us. You work within us, and you're the great healer. So we ask for your healing for everyone here in your direction. In Jesus' name. So you you think it's a good idea, and I agree with you, to to kind of give an overview in this segment. We've got maybe six or seven minutes left in this Mm -hmm. segment. Why don't you do, let's give an overview of the the problem and how God desires to heal it and solve it. Sure. So I I have not done my homework to look at what the statistics are. Yeah. But I can tell you that that all the statistics about sexuality in the church are very common and similar to the world's. This is one of the areas in the world that has really seeped into the church, Mm -hmm. which means that approximately 60% in the world of people have had an affair that have been married. What's changed about it, and it's probably changed in the church as well, is that it used to be uh, unmarried women and married men that had affairs, and sometimes the other way around. More women now are involved with um, sexual promiscuity and outside of marriage than before. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm looking at some statistics here, speaking of that, about how widespread divorces are. This is a Barna research, and we, this is a pretty predominant, well-received uh, uh, research organization. And let me see here if I can pick out something that is... Uh, 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 the study showed that the percentage of adults who have been married and divorced varies from segment to segment. And then um, it talks about among the population segments with the lowest likelihood of being divorced subsequent to marriage are Catholics, 28% um, are the lo- lowest likelihood, and evangel- evangelicals, 26%, upscale adults, 22%, Asians, 20%, and conservative and social political uh, people who deem these conservative and social and political matters important, 28%. I don't know yeah, exactly yeah. what those yeah, figures yeah. mean, but it, it, uh, it, they used to say that, that divorce is as prolific in Christian marriages as non-Christian marriages, but I don't think that they. I don't think that's true. No. I, and they've done further research, and right. basically, it's it's that's not true. Well, he said evangelical Christians and Catholics, and yes. I think there was another group there. So they're a little subset that's different than yes. people who just say I'm a Christian. Yes, exactly. And that's how the research exactly. was before was I'm a Christian. If I say I'm a Christian, I am. Yes, that's not true. <laughs> yeah. But here, my friend, what we're going to do in this segment is we're going to spend time talking to you specifically or someone mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and this might be a good time for you to get on the phone and call somebody who you think is is challenged with this and say, listen to uh, uh, the radio show right now live, come together San Diego, AM 1210 KPRZ, and uh, <laughs> listen in because uh, these uh, the insights uh, m- may be helpful to you. Any other words to our listeners, Doug? Well, in that subject of Christians and how Christians will be different than yeah. non-Christian populations, one of the differences, and it shows up in the divorce statistics, is that um, when people that are Christian and go to church and have a faith life yes. have a promiscuity problem or a problem with being unfaithful, either emotionally, which is huge, yes. you can have an affair without touching somebody, 
or physically, okay, when that happens, more often than not, well, more often than the regular population, they don't get divorced. But the problem's still there. The problem's still there. The brokenness is still there. Right. Unless they get help. You know, there are a lot of people that are listening to the show that may have experienced these things, and and they, they have tried to stay away from it, but the problem is still there. And sometimes you just have to acknowledge this and and God, allow God to heal it. So it, how, what's the difference between the two of just kind of just going on with life and trying to steer clear of it? Is, is there any uh, issues that demand closure that you can talk a little bit about? Are we talking about after this has already happened? Well, yeah, after, let's say after the promiscuity or the infidelity has happened, okay. and now they're going, well, I'm just not going to do it anymore. Is that a done deal? Or, Absolutely not. Okay, so why isn't that a done deal? Because the reasons for the for the affair in the first place. The, the deep-rooted the reasons deep-rooted behind ones. it haven't it been be, solved. It could be family problems in the past before you ever got married. It could be that you've walked away from the Lord to some degree and your work has become your God or something else has become your God. Yes. There's a lot of reasons why it could have happened. Uh, people are different, so what they need for healing is different. So yes. every case is, is not, they're not the same. Right, but the, but there's an underlying root cause that if you just say, I'm not going to do it anymore, you haven't dealt with the root cause. Is that accurate? I've heard that so many times, and I see them three years later. They come back. Wow, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, our next guests on the show, uh, you're going to really love them, um, uh, Wayne and Chris Clark and um, his Dwelling Place Ministry. They deal with the root causes of things. So in the next segment, we're going to, bring them on. We're going to talk a little bit about that in, in a future segment. I don't know that we're going to do the next segment, but the segment after that. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the root causes and things, so it'll keep you listening, my friend, on that. Um, any quick words of thought uh, about this, encouragements to our listeners, and then we're going to take a break and come right back, Doug Zabriskie. Real quickly, I would say that there is help and there is healing through your pastor, through therapists, and other kinds of ways. Don't be alone in it. Be careful who you tell. Don't tell everybody. Yes. And, and who you do tell, make sure that they're faithful and they're not going to be judgmental. Wow, 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 wow. So what we're going to do in this show, let me give you kind of an overview on how we're going to deal with this, my friend. We're talking about pinpointing the problem of infidelity in the Christian marriage. We're going to talk about tips for staying away from the affair in the the first place. place. We're going to talk about setting boundaries to protect yourself and your spouse. And we're going to talk about what if you, as the spouse that is not in involving yourself with the infidelity are sus- is suspecting an affair happening. Right. What do you do? Right. And then we're going to talk a little bit about if you're in too deep, how do you get out? And uh, uh, the re- recovery process. I mean, there are a lot of things that are tied to recovery, not only the kids involved in the issue, but also collateral damage. <laughs> a lot of that going on, too, in this healing process. Like shrapnel. Yeah, we're going to talk about these things when we continue, my friends. So stay tuned in. Have other people listening in in as well. AM 1210, Cape Rays. We're talking about infidelity in Christian marriages and God's solutions thereof. We'll be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210, Cape Rays. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more. Of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. And it's good to be back with my co host, a licensed marriage family therapist with Balanced Mental Health and Wellness in Rancho Bernardo, Doug Zabriskie. Long time Hi, everybody. Friend. Long Hi, time. You know, he's re- you know, I try to have a radio voice, and all Doug does is open his mouth, and he has a radio voice. Can I tell them how I met you? Sure. I was desperately in, in, in search of a church where people praised God and where they were expecting it, where they were expecting the Holy Spirit to show up. They were prayed up and <laughs> worshipful before they ever got there. 
I showed up at your church not knowing what I was going to meet and reach, and there was Kaz in the middle of this auditorium at the Boys and Girls Club. He was blowing the chauffeur, playing the harmonica, and praising God, and it was real. Mm-hmm. And then you spoke words of knowledge that were unbelievable. So I just wow. I fell in love with the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. You've been a friend ever since. Yes, and we have been good friends. LifeGate Church you know, it transitioned and joined with Beach Chapel in Encinitas. Uh, and then they released me to do things in the broader body of Christ. One of those things is come together San Diego. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, Doug, we're talking about uh, infidelity in the Christian believers and how to deal with that. Probably one of the best ways to deal with it is not to have it happen in the beginning. Right. And so part of that has to do with wise people that are seeking the Lord that are married and have these potential challenges in front of them is to be able to wisely set boundaries and, and other areas of prevention. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, the first thing I want to talk about is what is probably the most obvious in spiritual terms, but we may not think of it right now, yeah. and that is, just think about the verse, a three-strand cord is not easily broken. That's good. So if you really, to, think about, yeah. really think about marriage as, as a husband and a wife and the Holy Spirit, yes. and that's, you cannot break that without, without walking away from that. So you're saying, uh, the scripture says, uh, if one can chase a thousand, two, ten thousand, and a threefold cord is not easily broken. So the implication there is if you have a threefold cord, it's basically unstoppable. And you're saying that the three... If God is for us, who can be against us in that place? So you're saying the threefold cord is the husband, the wife, and Holy Spirit. That's what I'm saying. That is so good. Yeah, yeah. And so to the degree... Which is is really what God is showing us in that, I believe, is, and we've heard this before, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. Husband, wife, and Holy Spirit. Ooh, because we were created in his image in and his likeness. Image, yeah. Not that we're God, but no, we're no, his. understandable. But but uh, the solution to our problems is keeping that triune mentality. As soon as you, it, why does he use the number three so much? Yes, right, and because it's the trilogy, the Trinity that we know. And exactly. so when we're in the world and we have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and husband, wife, and Holy Spirit, and we're walking that way in the world, wow. people see God in a way. That's right. Yeah. But we see God in a way that uh, keeps us away from making dumb mistakes. Exactly. And, and if we do make dumb mistakes, know how to get out of them quickly, which is why we're dedicated this entire two-hour show right. to talk about infidelity and right. its solutions. So the best boundary is walking with God together. That's both right. individually and together on a regular basis. And knowing his voice, so then he goes, he goes you shouldn't ah, be yeah, doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so then we have to have learn quick obedience to kind of right. walk away from those things to but to be really practical about it, like in my marriage, yes, I don't have a conversation with a woman that I won't tell my wife about. That's good. So if I have a conversation with, let's just say, somebody like Sandy from LifeGate in yes. the old days, right? Yeah. I would tell Jan exactly what I said, mm-hmm. and that gives her safety and freedom. Yes. Yeah. And she and Jan will say, you didn't tell those dumb jokes, did you? No, she, never, <laughs> she doesn't think my jokes are, jokes are dumb. Uh, uh, no. your, your jokes are not dumb. <laughs> However... Mine sometimes. <laughs> no, no. So we, you know, we're we're just being a little, having a little levity here, but it's a very, it's a very serious topic. But sometimes the best way to deal with that is with an open heart. What is the best way to avoid sin? Joy. The yeah. joy of the Lord is my strength. That's very good. Okay. That's good. So we talk about boundaries and the prevention. You want to talk a little bit more about that? Boundaries, sure. Um, Billy Graham had a very strict rule. He did it because he knows that we men and women are subject to sin. Yes. And the heart is evil and no one can know it. And even though you're a believer and we have a new, we're a new creation, we still have that old stuff in us. So we really want to feed the good stuff, right? Yeah. And one of the ways uh, I think to do that is to have some real good rules about what kind of contact you're going to have with the opposite sex, whether you're a man or a woman. So help us. Well, he would say open the door, have the door open whenever you're meeting with somebody. 
you know, mm-hmm. like of the opposite sex. And I think that's a very good idea. You're talking so about Billy Graham would say that. Yes, for his ministry. And I would say, why not? Unless you have to have the door closed for some private reason. Yes. Most of the time, let's have that door open so that anybody can walk in or out. Yes. Right? I think you have to agree in a, uh, have an agreement with your wife. Now that people work, men and women in the workplace, yes. and sometimes they might have lunch together, I think you need to be really cautious about having lunch with a woman. Right? Maybe to do it with a group of people sometimes, but most of the time I'd say it's not a very good idea. Now, I'm going to be uh, the advocate about this and just say you know, many men in their business environment – they're obligated in the sales and things like that to meet with a client that may be a female, or um, they just may go out uh, for social time with the people and not everybody shows up, or uh, he and a, a female person are the only two lingering in that environment. What do you do about things like that? Well, you, let's, pray, let's talk about, you pray about it. You live in the spirit. Yeah. You ask God what you should do about that. And much of the time what that means is you can let them know that I have to leave at a certain time. You're not yep. going to linger there for a while. Yes. And you're not going to talk about personal private things. Yeah. And when that happened to me, because I had that arrangement for a while, I would say things like my wife's name. And she says, and she agrees with that. Boy, she would really like that too. You ought to meet my wife. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. And it works with the females too because they're out in the workplace more Absolutely. than more and more as well, and so they may have an, a need to, like a boss. The boss says, "Let's mm-hmm. go to lunch and talk about this." Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now there could be a red flag there. So how do you deal with that? Was that a question? Yes. There could be a red flag. There, there could be a red flag if your boss says, or a, a fellow worker says, "Let's go out to lunch and talk about that." What what red flags need to go up in the lady's mind about if any improprietary? Yes, about the boss things, or a, a fellow, about how good a colleague. She looks beyond a, yes, you, know, you look nice. Yes, personal things. Yes, if there uh, there's that power differential between a boss and, and you know whoever it is mm-hmm. right underneath them, and so um, if the boss is insisting that something have to happen that you're not okay with, usually you're going to have personnel or somebody to talk to rather than that particular boss. But you know what your gut's telling you. Uh-huh. People know when this is uncomfortable. And so do you think you lose merit when you go to a boss, even whether it's a male or female, and you're the opposite sex, and say, you know, I don't feel right about this. Are you going to get demerits? Are you going to get fired? Or uh, how do you deal with people that feel like they're being pressured into uh, a business relationship that you think that there's ulterior motives there? Well, there's a couple of ways. One way, and I think it's the best way in the first place, is not to say something directly, but find a way out. You know, there's a backdoor somehow. Uh-huh. You can get out of that somehow. I can't do that because or whatever. But if they keep pressing in, that's when you have to say whatever you're going to say to them. And it could, if there's somebody in the office to protect you, because there's laws against this, to go to human services or something like that, that's usually the best thing to do. Because the kind of person who's going to cinch you down and use power over there, you is going to use power when you say something. Yes. And you're going to get threatened in some kind of way often. So you don't have to necessarily push them. You can go someplace else. You know, there's a scripture that comes to mind, and I'm not sure exactly where it is. Maybe our producers will help us find it. But it talks about there is no temptation that is not common to man, but God is faithful and will not suffer you to be tempted beyond which you are able to bear so that in the temptation you may be able to bear it. In other words, if you're talking about this threefold cord, if you've got the husband, wife, and you've got the Holy Spirit in the mix of these things— Scripture promises us that there will not be a temptation that you are not able to bear, and Holy Spirit will intervene if you are open-hearted. That would, that, would that be accurate? Mean, that doesn't mean we're meant to bear it alone. Some people oh, think, I, like I can bear that by myself, and no, not necessarily can you bear that by yourself. Yes. Or even sometimes in the Holy Spirit, because he calls us into fellowship. Yes. I'll give you an example. I had a client one time who was, was a very good-looking woman. She came in to see me. She was undergoing a divorce. 
and she was being a little bit too familiar with me. So I knew how to handle as a therapist. I didn't have to be, I was handled as a therapist. But I also had a relationship with her associate pastor that yes. sent him to me, and we had the ability to be able to talk with each other because she signed a release to do so, which was really smart. I just kind of shared some things with him. And I remember I said once to him, you know, if I weren't married, she would be a nice person to be married to. And he said, don't ever say that again, Doug. He said, I thought that same thing, and the Holy Spirit convicted me, never compare anybody to your wife, never talk about what happened. So the point I'm not making here is about that one thing. Yes. I'm saying we're all subject to problems here. Yes. We're all subject to making mistakes. Yes. Anybody can go too far in that area, man or a woman. And you need people around you to be able to go hold up, cowboy. Exactly. Right. Or cowgirl. Or cowgirl. I mean, it, it cuts across the sexual lines both ways. It does, yeah. My, my. And let me give you the verse on this. My producer, uh, Neil Fraser, he didn't even have to look it up. He just gave it to me because <laughs> he's a I think thesaurus. he has the Bible memorized. The scripture talks about uh, God is faithful and will not suffer you to be tempted beyond that which you are able to bear, but will, with the temptation, provide a way of escape. There you go that you may be able to bear it. And when you have the Holy Spirit as part of the trio in your marriage, he can say, here's the way out of this thing that it will not demean other people, but get the message across. Would that be accurate? Absolutely. And one way for that, let's just say you're having lunch with somebody. Before we do, let me give you the scripture location. Hang on. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 1 Corinthians 10. Okay. So there you go. And he was talking in 1 Corinthians, Paul was, to a church that had a lot of sexual problems. Oh, right? wow. That's and so we right. give a lot of direction about that, mm-hmm. about women's position and men's position, how we should handle ourselves. So anyway, how you asked me a question. What was it? The question is, can you hold the answer to any questions until after the break, Doug Zabriski? Amen. <laughs> My friend, you can see <laughs> things are starting to boil here, and there are uh, uh, I know you're becoming engaged in the conversation because you, you're going, oh, I can identify with that. I can identify with that. In uh, future segments, we may open up the phone lines and you have a few comments you want to share on the air. We'll do that as well. So Doug Zabriskie is a licensed marriage family therapist with Balanced Mental Health and Wellness Center uh, in Rancho Bernardo. And we will be right back talking about more stuff that's going to change the way you look at marriage in a very favorable way. We'll be right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor on AM 1210 K-Praise. And indeed, we're back with Doug Zabriskie. He's a licensed marriage family therapist and a friend of mine. We're talking about some deep and hefty stuff. And, um, you know, as as a person that uh, is in a Christian marriage, you may have had some challenges and you may not have known what to do with them. I'm talking about you, my uh, female friend, and I'm talking about you, my male friend, who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, Doug and I want to deal with a topic here that is really important, not only for uh, the other person in the marriage, but also friends who may suspect things going on. And the question, Doug, is this. Uh, When a person suspects an affair or the the potential for an affair going on, what can they do, biblically speaking and uh, just wise counsel from a man who deals with these people day to day. I'm going to kind of go A, B, C. Okay, do A. Do, you want a, a, 
So I suspect it for whatever reason. We now, don't know. are we talking about the uh, fee, the, the fee? So We're talking about the friend or the pastor or the oh. other person who's beginning to worry or think maybe this person might be doing something going too far with a relationship. Okay, so what happened? Affair. So A, the obvious one, pray about it. Yeah. Lord, what do I do? What do I say? How do I do it? Two, talk to somebody you know and say, hey, I, I have a concern. I have a You don't have to necessarily say who it is that you have this, you're suspecting, right? And, and what would you, how would you approach them, right? But how does, how, this is something that you have to keep discreet because if you have a friend that likes to blab. you got to keep it really discreet. Yeah. So it's so got to be, that, be trusted. Person, that person that you've already had a relationship with that you can have, be accountable with that you know is not going to say anything. And shouldn't it be the person of the same sex as you? Because isn't that opening the door for you? In an area like this, especially, yeah. absolutely. For, exa- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. for example, if I'm a if I'm a guy and I suspect a, the wife is doing something untoward, for me to talk to a female is completely putting, not a good idea. Putting yeah. Uh, yeah, people on the fire. <laughs> we should you know, go we back wanna, to the boundaries part of the yeah, first. We want to differentiate right, right. those things. Don't do that. So, yeah. and a trusted friend that you can yeah. know that's not going to blab yeah. the information. Well, and that the, you pray together. Is that what you're saying? And pray together. Yes. Another thing is that it really depends on the nature of the relationship you have with that person. If I don't know that person very well. What, now you're talking about the friend? So if I suspect that somebody over there that I don't know really well might be having an affair or whatever. Yeah. And I don't have a relationship with them, right? Yeah. I, it would really be difficult for me to enter in and say something. Yeah. Because this is a relational element, right? Yeah. Somebody can come talk to me. I've had people come talk to me with words of knowledge, quote unquote, or yeah. really something you want to say to me about something, and they were completely off. Yes. They had a gut level feeling or maybe they they didn't really hear from the Holy Spirit or maybe they have emotional issue themselves yes. or overly sensitive to something. So they might think that something you said was personal to a woman that wasn't personal at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's just kind of really really is based on the relationship. If you know the person fairly well, you might want to just go ahead and say I'm concerned. And this now, is why it, I'm concerned. But should you not at first go to the, when when does going to the actual let's, let's That's say, what I'm talking about. Sorry. So if I have a relationship with somebody, okay. I'm a wife Who's, and I have a relationship with my husband, and I'm concerned. But the husband is right. in an affair or approaching an affair. Don't jump necessarily to you're having an affair. Go to, I'm concerned that something's happening, something's wrong. This is what I've seen. This is what I've heard. So you're t- having that conversation with your spouse. Correct. Okay, good. So you're coming home late at night. You smell like alcohol. Um, and what's I'm, that lipstick doing there? <laughs> things, things something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh-huh. But, so really it should be based as much as possible on, on what you know and factual things if possible and then what your fears are. And so what, what kind of attitude, you know, different people will go off the deep end quickly. So uh, you, is this a thing that you go partnering with Holy Spirit and entrust the Holy Spirit to give you the right words to say at the right time? And sometimes people need to be clunked with the right direct in the face, but sometimes the direct in the face is going to go the wrong direction. How do you understand how to gauge these things as a spouse? One of the things I would suggest is that you have somebody, again, like I said, privately you can talk with, because when you're sitting there in the here and now and you want to say something to your husband, it's pretty emotional. Yes. And sometimes it's hard to hear and follow the Holy Spirit when you're that emotional. So to have something that you know you're going to say in advance, maybe to write it down or to think about it, whether you talk to a friend or not, Write down, pray about it, and write down what you want to say. Yes. And stay on task. And don't let them get you off task. Yes. Now, would it be appropriate for the spouse that's not not the person that's, that you fear is entering into the affair or the potential affair, but the other person, it, would it be wise for them to say to the spouse before they have this 
potential altercation, can we pray together about something that's really been troubling me and immediately incorporate Holy Spirit into the conversation or what? Absolutely. I'm hoping that people are doing that already. Yes. But if they're not doing it already, that'd be a good thing to start with. Okay. And another thing to do is to say, honey, will you just listen to me? I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm telling you about my concerns. And before you respond, would you pray? Very good. Right? If you can do that, you've got some boundaries that are Holy Spirit boundaries set around it so that the person doesn't just react and say, you're nuts. You're crazy. What are you talking about? Yeah. And, I, you know, there would be a lot of people that are, quote, unquote, well-founded in Scripture, but as soon as that nuance of uh, of somebody blaming me about that, or you, I mean, they forget their scriptural and, and, and uh, Christian mentality, and they just go... <laughs> Both ways. Either the person who is talking, the spouse who's concerned that her or his partner might be doing something that's not okay, or the person that's doing something that's not okay, because they're feeling ashamed and they're hiding things and they're being secretive, they may even have convinced themselves it's not sin because the reason they're doing this is A, B, C, D, E. Mm -hmm. That happens a lot. Yes. So when that person does that, they may use scripture or they may use something against you. Yes, that's true. Let me ask you a question. Is there... Are there better times than other times to broach that subject with a spouse? I mean, I mean, there may be times, you know, uh, that are more appropriate when the other person is more receptive, like, uh, you know, we're just walking into church, and I'm going to mention this. Okay. <laughs> that, that would be a, probably a bad idea most <laughs> of the time. I, I, I don't, it's not a simple answer. You ask that question again, and I'll answer it. Because okay, I, so uh, my spouse, this is fictitious. I'm not talking about my personal spouse. Okay, folks. I know her person. <laughs> I know it. this is not her. But yeah. so, is there would would there be a, the best time to make this presentation to the other person? So what I would say about that would be I would be talking to the person themselves that wonders about if they should talk about this or not or how they should talk about it, and I would um, say to them. To some people, for instance, if you say look for the best time to do it, it'll never happen yeah, because yeah, they're yeah. avoiders. Yes. So you might have to say, when you have some free time, bring it up. That person can avoid. Another person like somebody who's a little bit more emotionally mature, perhaps, or spiritually grounded, perhaps, is going to be able to tell, this is a good time to do it. Yes. My spouse is opening up to me. We're close at this point in time. I really want to talk about this at this time. And let me ask you a question. Now, you're, you're bearing some pretty heavy news. So is it, what's the delivery manner of delivery? Is it accusatory? Or how, how would, what's the Absolutely. Best? You got to accuse the person. No, I'm kidding. It's the opposite. <laughs> I you, knew you'd say that. You, <laughs> it's always her fault. So, so I'm uh, in the old, you know, ABC of counseling. It would be I feel and I think. So, so you own it. This is mm-hmm. what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm seeing. You're not talking about the other person doing something. You're talking about what I see, what I feel, what I think. Nobody can take that away from you. They might argue with you, but you're going to say no. But I did see you come in late at night. So, yes, you know. I'm scared. I have every right to be scared. So that's good. So uh, summarize what we just said as far as uh, um, uh, if you suspect an affair. Well, give me the yeah. summary. Pray. Yes. Write it down. Mm-hmm. So you know what you're going to say. You know what you're going to say and what you're seeing and why you have concerns. And then when you believe it's the right time, however you come to that, you say, may I speak to you about something that's very important? Let's pray about it. That's and right. after I say something to you, I want you to just listen for a while. Please don't respond immediately, okay? And then let's pray, and let's talk about it. So that's a formula. You may not do it exactly yeah, yeah, that's, like that, that's but that's true. kind of the way to do it. And uh, listen to the Holy Spirit, because uh, there may be some, there will be greater wisdom in, in the manner in which you do that. And if you're both claiming Christ as your Lord and Savior, right. it's the common ground. And Yes, and know that most of the time, if you bring this up, they're going to deny it. 
as just as a matter of you, you those are living in sin. Look at what da- look what David did when he did this with Bathsheba. All the sin yes. was involved with that. He just denied, denied, denied until Nathan came to him with the dream, mm-hmm. and and David said that man should be killed. You know the one that had the sheep that mm-hmm. took the yes. other person's sheep, and then David went, "Oh my goodness." Nathan said, that man is you. That's right. So it was that process that happened. But and, he was in denial. But but the good thing about this is you're not my friend. If you sense that your spouse has been cheating on you, uh, levels different levels of infidelity, the good news is this. You're not alone in the defense, your defense. Holy Spirit is there. Father, Son, Holy Spirit are there to help you. So the biggest time it might happen would be that you see your husband or your wife with somebody and it just seems a little bit too familiar. Yes. And just say, honey, I was uncomfortable with that. It just seemed a little bit too personal. And would you say, what what, what do you think we should do about it? Let's pray about it? Something like that. Something like that. But but just, just, just leave that little comment. You know, like uh, it's a little personal and watch their response. If there's no smoke, if there's no fire, they're probably going to say, oh, I'm sorry, honey. And you'll watch a change in their behavior. Yes. But then, so but what's the red flag? If they, they get defensive, it. if they deny it, yeah. if they argue, I'm just, she's just a friend. Those are or the red flags. Friend, or he's yes. just, a, those are the red flags. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. When they don't hear your concern, period. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we'll talk more about that in the next segment. But in the next segment, uh, we've got some interesting uh, people coming on as well. These are people that uh, ha- deal with this uh, when they speak and minister with people, his dwelling place, pastors and good friends, Wayne and Chris Clark. And, uh, Wayne deals with the guys oftentimes, and Chris deals with the gals. They're going to have some interesting insights. Which is a good idea. Yeah, it's a good idea. And we just talked about that a little bit, Doug Zabriskie, and that is you, you don't want to uh, seek counseling for somebody who could be, is the opposite sex and it could go the wrong direction either. Right. So there's wisdom in that. Unless this person is a professional counselor and they're licensed and they know what those boundaries are yes. and, you know, whatever. <laughs> so uh, we've uh, kind of opened uh, a can of worms, and uh, next we're going to put those worms on the hook and go fishing. <laughs> Stay with us, I my give friend. myself a hell of it. <laughs> we're going to have fun, but we're going to get down to some very important uh, instructions for you, especially if uh, uh, infidelity may be seeking inroads into your marriage. We'll be right back. More. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next on AM 1210 K-Praise. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. And we're back, and it's a, <laughs> it's a very important topic, Doug. Is a brisky. We've been talking about a topic that, you know, um, if you're a married Christian, uh, the tendency or the temptation always will arise in some way or another to do, how do you deal with these situations, particularly when it comes to improprieties in relationships outside of your marriage. And sometimes you can enter into them just innocently, and sometimes it begins in innocence and it, it can graduate into other things. So uh, I know one of the things we said off the air, you said when we talked about um, um, uh, having sometimes you as a counselor have to meet one-on-one with another person, and it may be a person of the opposite sex. So you have to use extreme delicacy in dealing with that. So we're going to bring a couple people on right now who have ministered in this relationship. They solve that by the guy take the man takes a counseling with the the man, and the the wife takes the counseling with the wife. But sometimes that is not a case. Sometimes it can be the case because yeah. because you're seeing a couple and the female 
comes in and says, I want to talk to you. Yes, yeah. yes. And then, then you, you're kind of faced with that, and pastors have to deal with that as well, and other individuals. Sometimes, yes. Sometimes in a therapeutic situation, it's better for a female to see a man or a man to see a female, depending yeah. on the circumstances. It has to be done carefully. There has yes. to be accountability on the outside. Yes. But the female might be needing to learn how to have a relationship with a man or to deal with issues of her father, and she's going to do that with a man. Uh, speaking about father issues and mother issues, yeah. those are oftentimes a springboard into infidelity. Absolutely. And here is a couple people that uh, have worked with people that have had that challenge. I want you to meet uh, his dwelling place ministers and good friends of mine, Wayne and Chris Clark. Wayne, how you doing? Doing well, thank you. Very good. And Chris, uh, always a pleasure talking with my good friend, Chris Clark. Yes, I'm here. Very good. Hey, Wayne, why don't you start out by kind of giving an overview of how you minister to people. that There, there may be some potential infidelity issues and things like that. You oftentimes talk with the man. Give us a kind of a brief overview so that Chris can jump in. And I think we'll hold you not only for this segment, but for the next segment as well. So Wayne Clark, uh, go ahead and, and give it to us. And Doug, you're wide open to ask the questions and make commentary as well. Wayne Clark. Well, first, first of all, we, our general guideline is Chris and I don't do what we call cross-ministry where men minister to women and women minister to women. And we, that's kind of a general rule with us. Now, there have been exceptions, yes. but in general we do that. And if, we're, if I have to minister to a woman, I either get another woman in there or Chris to go along with me. That's what we've done. Uh, sometimes it makes it harder, but that's our process. But listening, to, we've been listening to your segment, and and. I try to approach the men from a not ever having it happen because it's much easier to stop in the beginning than it to go back and fix it. And, and, and Doug, you know that much better than I do. Uh, but the, when it comes to me dealing with men, my, I, I look at three areas. I look at what I call the mantle of manhood. And I distinguish between guys versus men. And there's lots of, uh, just because you have the physical physique and strong and all those things, you're not necessarily a man, you're a guy. And I say that guys are, uh, the three areas I look at are protection, provision, and identity, which is the role of men. We are supposed to protect our children, our wives, our friends, and other people that are not as strong as men. We're supposed to provide for them as necessary, and we help give them their identity. Guys are predators. Men are protectors. Say that guys, again, Wayne. Guys are predators, and men predators. are protectors. And it's, uh, husbands are to be predators. Predators are users and manipulators. Wow. You're either a man right. and you're honest, you have character and you're direct, right. or you're going to be a manipulator in one way or another. Wayne, that's, a, guys, that's a wonderful. Guys take, men give. That's good. And guys pervert people's identity, men enhance and complete people's identity. You're right. You're exactly right, Wayne. Real briefly, what I'm finding and what the research is showing us is that there are more guys and fewer men in 2018 than, than 50 years ago, 30 so, years ago. So the guys ago. have the, that mentality that's not a husband protector mentality. There are it's fewer men that have the, are able to be men with integrity who had a father that taught them how to be a man and how to treat women than there were before. And part of the reason is divorce and lots of things like moving from a rural community to 
uh, urban community or people not going to church any longer, but for a lot of reasons. And, and also women being yes. the elementary teachers and the middle school teachers not having very men there. Yeah. So men don't know how to be men, and they, there's a lot of adolescents out there. Wayne, Wayne this, yeah. this reminds me of a scripture in Malachi. In these days, the last days that we're in right now, God is going to raise up people with kind of an Elijah heart to bring the sons back to the fathers and the fathers back to the sons. You deal a lot, don't you, Wayne Clark, in uh, the, the father mentality uh, and using yeah, the father I, heart cry. Talk a little bit about that. Well, my, my, my stance is we are a fatherless nation. Amen. We do not have fathers, which, and the fathers are the ones that do the protection, prevention, identity, and the lack of fathers has created a vacuum in our society. And I think my role as a pastor and a man is to be a father to those around me, to be a, uh, a father to the fatherless, uh, and to be a husband to my wife. But the rest of them need that, and there's lots of reasons why it's not that way. But we focus on trying to get men to realize that role and take it. And God has equipped them to be able to do that. Wow. So you, once again, we talked about earlier on, it's not your challenge to do or your wife's challenge to turn these people around. It's Holy Spirit whispering in your ear the, wisdoms to, the wisdom to say, and uh, it's not you having to solve the problem, but God wants to use you as a tool or a vessel to make it happen. Well, we, we, I call it a mantle of manhood. Uh, God, doesn't, God makes men responsible. But he doesn't give you that responsibility unless he gives you the ability to do it and Ooh. the authority to do it. And it's like a policeman's badge. Men are given a mantle that is God's authority to move, but they need to act and do as God would direct them to do. Wow. Wayne, I'm gonna, here's what we're going to do. We're going to open up the phone lines uh, for the next segment as well. And Chris, what uh, Wayne said from a male a man-to-male perspective I want you to give insights from a woman to female perspective as well in the next segment. But let me give you a phone number, my friends. What we're going to do is we're going to open up the K-Praise call-in line. And if you have insights to share with this, we're going to open up the whole next segment while Chris is sharing insights and uh, include some of the insights that you may have. Once again, we don't want to get into the he said, he said, she said moment. We want to get into things that can minister to the body of Christ. So keep that in mind as you share insights. But this phone number is one 577 2473 Write it down, 866-577-2473. In the next 60 seconds, Wayne Clark, would you offer a prayer up to those guys who need to be men and, uh, and allow that, that prayer to sink in? We'll do that during the commercial break. Wayne, Wayne, <laughs> Wayne Clark. Heavenly Father. I, I ask you to speak to the hearts of these men out there, to reach them, and as you teach them to protect their wives, to serve their wives, and to teach their wives to be women of God. As a husband, you will be faithful to your wife, you will honor her, you will love her, and be willing to lay down your life for her as Jesus Christ did for you. As a man and father, you will bless your children and all other children. And I ask you that the Holy Spirit convict you if you need help, and you go to the people that need it. In the name of Jesus, 
Amen. <laughs> now you can understand why uh, Wayne and Chris Clark are, are, are such favorites to many people because they go right to the heart of things, but it's not them solving the problem. They allow Holy Spirit intervention from the very beginning. My listening friend, I hope this has stirred your heart. And if these are challenges that you have insights on as well, the phone line will be open for this entire next segment, 866-577-2473. Chris Clark will join us in the next segment and give a perspective from a woman to the uh, female uh, the, the wife and, and, and insights there as well. So don't go away. I guess you can tell this show is taken off and you're riding right along with us. We'll be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. God loves San Diego. This is AM 1210, K-Praise. KPRZ, San Marcos, Poway. A service of Salem Media Group. I'll tell the world, world, world. Come together, San Diego, with Cass Taylor on AM 1210, K-Praise. I'll tell the world, world, world. Okay, we're back with this fire ca- firecracker broadcast, D- Doug Zabriskie. <laughs> Firecracker, and uh, we, we've been. T- Doug, by the way, is a licensed marriage family therapist, and uh, he's got insights. But we're talking with uh, Wayne and Chris Clark with, from his dwelling place. They have insights because they deal with this uh, from a, from a spiritual standpoint. And uh, Wayne, we just heard in the last segment, talks to the guys, and Chris talks to the gals. My friend, we're still keeping the oh, going to be opening the phone lines for you, and if you want to call in. I know we have somebody online, and we'll have John hang loose for just a second, but that phone number is 866-577-2473. So, Chris Clark, <clears throat> it's your turn to give yeah. some insights on this, and Doug, uh, jump on in whenever. So, you, you've got a situation where you're talking to a lady, set the stage, and give us the insights that Holy Spirit has taught you to and through. Oh, yes. I, I have dealt with this more than once with, <laughs> with women, yes. uh, up close and personal, not in, in our personal life, but certainly people we've been close to. And um, I'm a mother. I love being a mother, and I usually deal with things with that, that tone and that heart. Um, and yes, uh, Doug was right. There are roots. There are spiritual roots behind these kinds of behaviors, that's exactly what our seminar deals with. And when we do ministry, the reason we separate men and women is because we dig down. Yes. And, and the, the women do not want the men even in the same room when, when we're doing these sessions. So that's why we do it. It gives them the freedom to talk about things, distasteful things that have happened to them. And it is it is a driving force between you know with these kinds of things with infidelity. I um, have had experience with it. I've talked with numerous women. Generally, in the beginning, I was wanting to find out why do women have affairs. I, I didn't exactly understand how that was occurring, and it was eye opening because they gave me answers uh, like. Um, I can tell you that it's not for sex. Generally, it mm-hmm. is not for sex. It, it is, in spite of what you might think, it's more about um, emotional need. And it, it is um, sometimes wanting attention. It is sometimes not feeling loved. 
I actually had one lady say to me that she had the affair because she wanted her husband to come after her. She wanted him to pay attention. She wanted him to know she was having the affair. And his response was to ignore it, thinking, okay, maybe this will go away. But see, it just fed into her feeling unloved by him. And so it went from bad to worse. Yes. They, they're normally looking for someone who will listen to them, who will take the time to talk to them about just things that are bothering them. And would you and say that it starts out, sometimes with the ladies that are seeking that uh, closeness, it starts out innocently because you're, they're just looking for somebody who will actually listen to what they have to say, and maybe the guy has ulterior motives as well, and all of a sudden it escalates into something like that, and then all of a sudden she's stuck. Is that part of the equation as well? And you know, one of the things... Yes. Yeah, go ahead. Well, once once you you we do something called an intimacy ladder, and once you go beyond just, um, you know, information and you start getting to personal things, the intimacy starts to rise. And and then they're, they start looking forward to talking to this person who's going to be listening to them. And they then pretty soon they think they have found their their prince charming. It just it, the enemy makes sure that all of that works yes. like that. And um, some of the other things they have said to me is that they don't feel loved. Yes. And and the husbands will say, I don't know how else to tell her. I've said it every way I know how. Wow. And then then. Um, I will say something of, like you, you need to learn what her needs are. And the way that you learn what her needs are yes. is to communicate. And communication just um, sometimes breaks down. Yes. Wayne and I have both noticed, having girls and boys in, in, in our lives, that boys who never had a sister never had to deal with the emotional stuff, never had to deal with, well, guess what's bothering me, because they just had brothers. Yes. You know, and they just scratch and spit. I mean, they don't... They <laughs> don't have all the <laughs> You know, I think this is a good time. We're going we're gonna, to... And Doug's going to interject, too, but we have a phone caller who wants to talk about the male perspective as well, but this is a good time to dovetail all those together. John on the line, are you there, John? Yes, I am, Kaz. So you, 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 you've heard her. this conversation thus far. You've, talk, you've you heard a little bit about the guy's difficulty in communicating emotions and the woman's need for that, and I can identify with that as a guy. I don't know exactly how to speak the woman's love language. I have my own language of using jokes and humor, and that doesn't work very often, by the way, my friend. No. <laughs> so, no. so, John, why don't you weigh in a little bit on it, and Chris as well, and Doug Zabriskie, from a, uh, a licensed marriage family counsel, uh, counselor therapist perspective as well. So, John, give us some input, uh, and Chris Clark, cool. jump on in. There, there, there's okay. a twofold thing which which struck me. One is what was just spoken of. Uh, I'm often telling young men, you have to learn to love her the way she needs to be loved, not the way All you right. love. Because we're, we're guys, like you said, scratch and spit. That doesn't work <laughs> So I scratch and I spit with feeling my <laughs> own relationship to do it. How does my bride need me to love her? That's the key. And I'm, I'm a, I'm a child from a divorce family. 
And that being said, as a high school teacher, I need to tell you how important this topic is because I deal with the 14, 15, 16, 17-year-olds who don't know how to treat a woman, who have no clue because they've never been trained. Yeah. Correct. Chris, why don't you weigh in? Go ahead. ahead. Chris, Chris, weigh in on this thus far. Well, he's exactly right. John's right. They haven't been mentored. They haven't been taught by their fathers, and they've had a really poor example very often in their home. So that's why we need um, surrogate fathers, so to speak, like Lane, like you, like John, Mm -hmm. that can mentor and speak into these young men's lives so they can understand First of all, how women think. So it can't be just men talking to the guys. They have to hear from a mom, too. Wow. So, Chris. Licensed therapist. This is Doug. 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 Chris, um, what you made me think about was uh, this. um, How do I put it? I forget what I was going to say. I'm so sorry. (laughs) What did Chris just say? (laughs) Well, go ahead and explain again briefly what you were talking about. Because Doug had the. I saw the light go on. The light went on. Now it's dimming. That's, but see, that's a guy thing. Oh, I know what it was. <laughs> I know what it was. It, it had He's to do being with a this. guy and not a so, man. So many times we'll say, go to this study group or read this book. Hey, man, you really don't know how to communicate with your wives. and You really want to learn how to meet their needs. And I think, Chris, I'm going to ask you this. My experience has been for a lot of men, that's not enough. They need real contact with real men that are leading a group or doing you, working with you individually to teach you what that means and how to do that. Is that your experience? Exactly. Like a book is That's not enough, right. usually. That's right. If I, if I could, one of the things that we do, for example, at my yes, high John. school, every year there's a, there's a prom. And I do a thing called Gentleman's Club. And the Gentleman's Club is four weeks prior to the prom, I invite the guys to come in at lunchtime. And I say, okay, let me teach you how to talk to a woman, how to open the car door, why you open the car door, why you pull her chair out. And You'd be amazed how many young men stare at me and go, well, can't she pull her own chair? And I'm going, yeah, you're missing the point. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know? So, so Chris? So, and the big, the big key, though, if I might, is the fact that what you're talking about is something, and this is true, and Kaz and I have talked about this before in the context of even prayer. This is true of all different levels of the church because we, we haven't taught our young men. So we've got generations coming up who don't know how to be a father, how to be a man, how to be a man of the church, how to be a man of prayer. And then we're all surprised. Oh, gosh, they haven't got their act together. Well, we haven't done a very good job as old guys of teaching them. Wow, that's exactly right. Chris, 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 in the the minute remaining, uh, draw this to a conclusion and uh, pray a prayer for the gals and also not the guys, but the men. Okay, for the men. So, so go ahead and, and, and close this section talking to the ladies and then uh, issue a prayer that encourages their men to make the right decisions in the ways to communicate yeah. with them. Well, I have a whole lot more to say uh, to, the, to the ladies. Maybe I'll get a chance uh, to do that. But I do want to pray for these young men because they, they feel lost. And, and then they get married, and they hear that they need to be spiritual leaders. And they go, what's a spiritual leader? How do I, how do I become a spiritual leader? 
And uh, we hear that a lot. And we hear the young women saying, I'm, I'm going to find me a husband that can be a spiritual leader, leader. And yet she leads. And so even the wives can help them to become spiritual leaders or the ones that aren't married yet. The, the women in their life can help them to to do that. And so, Lord, um, Kazislav asked me to pray about this. And, Lord, I just pray that you would open their eyes and their ears to hear truth and and to learn how to be what they're created to be, how to put on that mantle of manhood that they are gifted with. They have so much power and so much authority that's not being used. And all they have to do is go to the Holy Spirit. He will lead them. They don't have to be perfect. And I lift up the, the young women as well, Lord, um, they have to learn how to deal with what's going on in their lives and and how they can avoid meeting and not being able to communicate with their spouses or their fiancés or whoever are in their life. They need to learn that very early. Wow. Chris Clark, thank you very much. And you mentioned you have much more to share, and I know Wayne does. I know Doug does, and I know the other guests that are coming on in the last part of the show do as well. So what that tells me is we've got a topic that needs to be dug more deeply, and uh, so yeah. we will do that in future shows as well, and we're going to invite you and Wayne, Wayne and Chris Clark of His Dwelling Place to come back for future shows because we just scratched the surface, and my friend, this is a, a vital area, and my listening friends, I know this is uh, pl- uh, plucking some heartstrings of yours as well on how to and how not to. We're going to talk more about that, and we have another couple pastors in the remainder of this show giving their insights as well. Wayne and Chris, thanks for joining us for these two segments, and we're going to have you come back at a later date because you've got great stuff to share. Isn't that right, Doug Zabriskie? Amen. <laughs> and my friends, to it. uh, it's our Thank pleasure. You. Thank you, Wayne and Chris. We'll be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. And we're back, and thank you for staying with us. Uh, Doug Zabriskie is a licensed marriage family therapist with Balanced Mental Health and Wellness Center in Rancho Bernardo. Thank you for your insights, Doug, and we've got uh, the remainder of this hour for this. But there's a person, you know, what we're doing, my friend, is we're talking with pastors from across the county who have insights on dealing with marriages that have infidelity problems. And so I I loved uh, asking a, a number of pastors to come on the air. This is one of my favorite people in the universe He's, he's a, a proponent of what God is doing in unity in the body of Christ, but he's a guy who, who's a, a real pastor, literally a pastor to his people. His name is Pastor Barry Sappington with Cross Point Life Church, and he sits across the desk or uh, the, the table from other people who have had or are having uh, uh, problems with the marriages. And I'll tell you what, this is a guy who solves problems from the heart. Barry, it's good to have you with us. Hey, Barry, this is Doug Zabriskie. I just want to say something to you about this. If Kaz speaks that highly of you, he knows everybody in the county. <laughs> and so this is high praise indeed. Oh, yeah, my. Truth, he does. <laughs> uh, Barry, Barry Sappington, I, I know one of the things that strikes me about you, Barry, and I'm going to brag on you just a little bit. You're a guy who you, you've got the scripture embedded, no question about that. But you deal with people from the heart. 
and people are just ingratiated by you. They are they are immersed in your love. Just walk up to him and let him give you a hug and tell you how much God loves you. So, Barry, we've got challenges in the body of Christ, and a lot of marriages are threatened by the enemy wanting to tear those apart because the enemy knows if he can tear those apart, he's tearing apart the foundation of God's plan for his kingdom. Isn't that right, Doug? Amen, that's good. So why don't you jump on in, Barry, and lay it on us, and then I'll have Doug jump on in with you. Good to be with you, Kaz. Doug, nice to meet you. Um, let me just first of all say how humbled I am at what you said, Kaz. That that just strikes a chord in my heart. Like, I'm really grateful that you uh, you feel that way about me and, and our church family. So thank you. Um, I will tell you that in the 30-plus years that I've been doing um, vocational ministry, um, I would say the number one thing that we've seen in context of, of – um, of the evil one destroying something, and that's in the area of families. So no question, uh, husbands, wives, families being destroyed because of infidelity. And uh, you know, when you, it's, it's such a it's such a broad topic. But in context, let me just say this: that um, I believe that the revival we've been praying for in San Diego, in our country, and for that matter, the world, I really believe is going to be found in the context of family. And so as we talk about infidelity in marriage, we talk about family, um, I really believe that we have to go after this topic of infidelity and how God wants to restore marriages back to its former state and, and see a mom and a dad really uh, model forgiveness, model what it looks like to be restored from what once was into what it is today. And uh, so I'm, I'm really super excited about the topic and being with you guys today. Mary, I'm going to ask you a quick question that's related. Yeah. So you see a lot of this. Um, how does pornography relate to this? How do you see pornography enter into what you just said about the kingdom and about the enemy coming against us? I think it's probably fueling the majority of what's going on the side, inside the hearts of, of dads and, and wives and moms. Um, I know that you know if we read the statistics, which we, I think we've all heard them, it's staggering. Uh, the effect of pornography inside the walls of the church, not just outside. So I think it's contributing in in ways that we're not even aware of, and obviously in ways that we are aware of. It's it's um, it's daunting, to be quite honest with you. You know, uh, to add to that, in the research, in the literature with therapists, teenage boys in particular are online or on their instruments eight hours a day, I don't remember exactly, six to eight hours a day, a lot of them, most of them. And in that process, a lot of them are getting into pornography at younger and younger ages. And so, first of all, they're getting something into their heads that they're not ready for. No man is. And for every man or woman that looks at pornography, and more and more women look at it, uh, it's like taking cocaine. It's so addictive, so addictive. And so... This is infidelity in and of itself. It's infidelity against the Lord. First, it's yeah. all infidelity against the Lord. We're walking away from what God has said, right? So, so what do you yeah. counsel people? What do you counsel people about that? I think, I think if we can get um, what I call relational equity with those that we're counseling, those that are working with uh, husbands and wives that we're really trying to bring uh, into some expression of, of healing and restoration, if we can get them and develop relational equity where they trust us, Doug, they trust mm-hmm. us with, with their stories. Mm-hmm. They, they tr- trust us with their lives, if you will. Um, I think then they can break into a place of vulnerability 
and begin to open up in ways that goes into the caverns of their heart that haven't been touched by the Father's love yet. And I, I for one, am convinced that a great problem we have in the local church is that of safety and security. You know, we used to call churches sanctuaries. Um, I don't think they're safe places today. Um, I know it's a strong statement, but I, I, I'm convinced that even a lot of the people I've worked with over the years, I have a situation, a good friend of mine who, who uh, was, was really struggling with, with pornography and um, went and confessed it to his denomination. And uh, sadly, the denomination had to remove him from his position and, and all the ratification of that. And I get that on one hand, but the other side of the coin is this, is that if you, if you don't feel safe with your own uh, brothers and sisters in Christ or your organization that covers you, where can you be safe? You need to pray for wisdom in that area. Yes, and let me, let me expand on absolutely. that, too. Not only with pornography, but if there's an infidelity going on with a guy or a gal, if they're in ministry yeah. or tied in ministry absolutely. in any way, if I know that yeah. I'm going to lose my position in that church environment, yeah. I'm never going to tell you. And that all per, yeah. uh, that uh, percolates the problem as well. So as a pastor, what do you, what do you, how do you tell people that are facing this that are in ministry-related situations, what do you tell them on the best ways to deal with this? And, uh, you know, I, I, if, I'm, if I'm a, pro- a pro- prominent worship leader or if I'm a prominent uh, Sunday school teacher or involved in any other thing like that, why would I want to tell a pastor if I know it's going to cost me everything like that? So give, give some counsel as a man who has, has uh, kind of uh, counseled through this. And, and, Doug, we've got about uh, two minutes left in this segment. And, Barry, we might keep you on for the next segment as well. But go ahead. I, I think, Kaz, that it's a really difficult question to answer, but I will say that I've gone the extreme. I've gone to where um, the motive is almost punishment. Like, I can't believe you do this. We're removing you from ministry. How dare you hurt the family? To the other side of the coin, where great grace has been offered up with little to no accountability. Um, I really believe that it goes back to that relational context that um, I'm not going to be one to quickly remove somebody from the position simply because they have made a mistake or they're in sin. Um, For all of sin to come short, I've made a mistake. If not today, tomorrow, I need God's grace every day. So I really, really want to love the individual first, look at their circumstance, see if we can't find a way to bring grace, mercy, and strategic, strategic initiatives that can allow for them to get back into a place of, of really reconciling who they are as a son and God, really helping them to find that place of, of acceptance yes. that the Father loves them so much. Wouldn't you say, wouldn't you say true repentance is a, a, one of the quali- qualifying factors yes. to make this happen? Some people yeah. can say, oh yeah, I've solved that, but true repentance, wouldn't you say that's important, and Doug, you as well? Yeah, not just getting caught. I mean, getting caught might be, in the long run, the best thing that ever happens to someone. But it's not just about being caught. It's really a recognition that I'm truly not where I need to be with the Father. And I truly don't know who I am. And I need to be reconciled to God's heart and let it be the, 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 the rhythm of my heartbeat. I want to be the rhythm of His heartbeat. And out of that, I think, comes um, great clarity as to how we move forward. Yes. Doug, thoughts on this? And we're going to, Barry, can you stay for at least a portion of the next segment uh, as well? Yeah, I'd be honored to. Yes, I would love to have you stay for portions of the next segment. Uh, Brief closing thoughts, and why don't you say a closing prayer for this segment as well, Doug Zabriskie? 
Uh, what you brought to mind, Barry, is how well it is for the church, for a pastor or whoever, to work with a therapist that's a Christian therapist or with others you know, in your church, elders or whatever, yes. to, to, to really evaluate what is going on with this person and how we, can we best serve them. Yeah. So I really agree with that because yeah. I've seen punishment and I've seen people getting off scot-free. Yeah, and it's yeah. the the right yeah. the delicate balance, and the delicate balance really has to is subjective. I mean, it has to do with the person and their heart, but also the spouse and their heart as well, and any collateral yeah. damage yeah. that may take. Jesus effect is as well. the only one that has the Correct. perfect balance of yes. righteousness and mercy. So yes. we want to seek that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Barry, stay with us. Barry, stay yeah. with us. Doug, uh, thirty second closing prayer, and we'll come right back into the next segment. Father God, I'm praying that. People will be touched by this message, either in terms of taking more seriously their marriages yes. and their spiritual lives and walking with God, as well as what Pastor Barry's talking about, our, making our churches more safe places for us to be genuine, to be able to make mistakes. Because wow. Christians still suffer and still struggle. And mm. the difference is Jesus forgives and he guides us out of it. Wow. So I just pray, Lord, that, you, that people understand that, that uh, this is not about punishment. It is about freedom. Wow, about freedom, yes, my listening yes. friend. Barry, stay with us for the next portions of the next segment. Doug Zabriskie, uh, certified marriage counselor, stay with us as well. And my friend, we're just uh, unleashing Holy Spirit to have his way. We'll be right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 k Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. And we're back. Doug Zabriskie is a licensed marriage family therapist with the Balanced Mental Health and Wellness Center and uh, our good, 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 good friend. I could say more goods, but it would end the segment. Uh, Pastor Barry Sappington from Cross Point Life Church, and I'm going to just, just s- toss a word out there. We're talking about uh, basically res- reconciliation from uh, inappropriate relationships, husband and wife. And I'm going to put a word out here, and I'm going to have you, Barry, and Doug speak to this. The word is recovery. Doug. So Barry, I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to have a conversation with you at this point. Can we do that? Okay. Okay. So yeah, what we're yeah. talking about here is, and you know it from the church perspective extremely well. So we're talking about a couple who has now come out and the problem's known, at least by pastor staff or whatever, and and they need help. What happens next? I'm an advocate of counseling in any capacity we can get them into, um, both individual as well as collective. I think as best we can, we cover and protect that couple. Um, I think we both know, we all know that um, too often church communities um, aren't as safe as we mentioned before as they should be. So when people begin to hear of someone else's sin or infidelity or struggle, we're not always so good at covering them and protecting them. So I think that um, with that said, I think it's important that we get them into uh, whether it be 12 step individual counseling. I'm I'm not really a counselor by, by trade by any means, but um, I'm more than willing to, to walk with them uh, be there for them, direct them, coach them, whatever that looks like. So I think counseling is very, very important. Barry, I, I'm absolutely positive because you have the Father, heart of God, and you have all this experience that you're a great counselor. And then there's that therapeutic side where the real deep healing goes on. 
And you really got to be a trained therapist to do that. So I have found, I just want to talk to you about this for a moment, that when pastor staff and therapists get to know each other a little bit, at least over the telephone, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. have release forms and consent to be able to talk with each other, how important and powerful yeah. that is. Because you're going to hear the same yeah. thing that I am or a different thing, and we can corroborate on that. Because here's, oh, I, I, I get the pastor's that. a bad guy sometimes when I know he's not, or the pastor said this <laughs> when the pastor didn't say this. And I'm sure you get the right. same thing about therapists because, you know, yep. they're, they're hurting and they're broken and they're defensive yeah. at first a lot of times, right? So to have that communication. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. And ahead. I was going to say was one of the struggles we've had over the years, Doug, is that uh, knowing who or whom we can send people to that not only lines up with our heart for them, but lines up even with what we believe uh, is a good approach to, to seeing them restored. And um, so I'm open, I'm really open to uh, getting your information and uh, getting to know you a little bit better because I'm always looking for those resources where we can send people and work uh, collaboratively together. Oh, I, that's, I'm grateful for that. And there's a number of us out there. And if I can let you know about the therapists I've known over the years who follow the Lord and have experienced in this area, I'll certainly do it. You know, one yeah. of the things that I see, cool. Barry yeah. and, and Doug, is, you know, a lot of times, and this is true in the church environment, too, in the past we've had our own little castles and we solve all the problems true. ourselves within our own little castle. As if you're, if you're yeah. a consultant or a counselor, that's, what, that's your castle, or a pastor is his cas- castle, or, you know, a spouse is their castle. I don't want to get this outside the spouse. But the more we can understand how God's desire is to bring us all together, then you and I yeah. can partner together, or Doug and a pastor can p- counsel together. And then the problem is really solved. Speak to it, Doug. Yes. Barry, I just wanted to say that I know you and I and Kaz uh, understand and follow kind of the kingdom mentality. That it's really the Holy Spirit on earth and Jesus coming to earth in us and through us and developing those relationships in the kingdom. And so that's, you get to know somebody in a worship, for instance, their character and who they are when when they're worshiping with them, Right. That's how I saw you. You were, at a, you were at something at your church, and you involved yourself in a worship, and then you started talking to people about ministering on the street, and I knew that you were a great pastor, and I could trust you in the uh, area of you. this. Right? Yes. Yeah, thank you. So yeah, I had, a, I had a really good friend now, uh, Joe Rhodes, who was a pastor uh, up at uh, New Hope Church in Penasquitos, and he had been told about me, uh, by another Christian therapist that he had known for a number of years. He was looking for a male who could work with males and families. And he didn't just take that recommendation. He actually called me up. He came over to our office, and he grilled me. And he asked me where I went to church, and he asked me what I believe in, and he asked me how I'd been counseling. And he gave me a couple of situations where he asked, how would you handle this? It was almost like a job interview. Wow. And I thanked him profusely. <laughs> Yes, and you know, my friend, here's the deal. Um, If you happen to be a pastor listening to this, or if you happen to be a counselor listening to this, don't don't say, this is my turf, and I'm never going to share this turf with anybody else. Or if you're a a husband or you're a wife, and you go, I don't feel comfortable talking with this person uh, who's a professional in that area, or this pastor— understand that God wants to merge these things together and uh, your ins- the insights that you have as a, a, a wronged husband or a wronged wife, there's somebody out there that God w- wants to put in place with you to help you walk through this and help your spouse walk yeah. through it too. Well, Barry, you know this, that there's different areas of expertise that we have and there's different areas of training Absolutely. that we have. And there are certain things that pastors do that I'm not supposed to do. And if you're around for a while, you begin to learn what those things are so that I can say that really is your pastor's job. Because, and some therapists can get full of themselves because these people are looking up to you. 
and start thinking that we have all the answers, and then we then then the then the therapist will fall. Mm-hmm. So what I would like to do in the minute and a half or two minutes left in this segment, Barry, is I want, now that we've identified the challenges within the profession, and I'm calling, you know, pastors and ministers part of that profession as well, but also professional counselors, now let's bring it back home to the person that is having those problems. And I want you, uh, Barry, to to give a declaration or prayer about uh, what's going on in the church environment, that the church and the counselors that are Christian counselors can begin to understand the bigger picture and how that teaming together to help this person that's listening on the phone right now that has a spouse that's going wayward. Uh, I, I want you to, 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 to tailor this prayer to speak to the need of the body of Christ to jump in alongside of this person that's really hurting. Yeah. Father, we declare in the name of Jesus Christ that you are still the Lord of this world and we love you and we thank you that your grace and your mercy is so sufficient father we know that this area of infidelity immorality pornography all the things associated with infidelity we know it's a large and seemingly daunting uh thing that's before us but this we do know that greater are you that's within us than the spirit that's in the world so god i decree and i even ask that we would begin to walk together like we've never walked together before in the family of God. I pray that counselors, therapists, pastors, leaders would all begin to believe that we can collaboratively work together to see restoration, healing, marriages restored. Lord, I pray for those individuals as well that are struggling to even confess their sin, to even broach the subject with someone. I pray that you would bring people into their lives right now, Jesus, even a phone call, even an email, a text, and say, listen, you're on my mind. I'm praying for you. Is anything I can do for you? And that would be their sign that they need to open their heart and begin to allow the healing process to begin. I thank you in Jesus' name for what you're doing in San Diego. Wow. Barry Sappington, Crosspoint Life Church. My friend, I guess you can tell why I love... Uh, Pastor Barry so much because he doesn't deal with things from the brain. He deals with them from the heart, and he really he hit the target. Barry, thanks for joining us on these segments. And uh, uh, my friends, uh, Cross Point Life Church, one of the most remarkable churches ever. Doug Zabriski, uh, how powerful. Uh, we're having a great time. And, of course, we're off script. Who cares about the script? We want to deal with the hearts we of people. <laughs> Barry, thanks for joining us on this segment. Barry Sappington. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a pleasure. So, so Doug, my goodness. And we have one more pastor for the last segment. And this is a, speaking of people who can comprehend things and speak from the heart. This is a, a man that does this as well. He's a longtime friend here at Roland Slade Meridian Baptist Church. And, you know, I want you to notice something, my listening friend. You're getting pastors from a variety of different denominations perspectives, and what you're seeing is a heart for God and a heart for the unity in the body of Christ, unity, but also uniformity, unanimity, unanimity, you know, whatever that word, whatever that word was. But all, but but desiring to to do this, uh, we uh, the united desire to see God's church flourish. And my friend, if you have a a marriage that is uh, being challenged right now. Find a church environment where the pastor is not going to just make it all about him and his church that is going to bring you in and give you wise counsel from the heart. And they're out there, aren't they, Bert? I mean, Doug. They're out there. So we're bringing truth. God's bringing truth. He's bringing light. He's defeating the enemy. He's preventing problems. Yes. 
He's restoring his kingdom. That's right. And the word that God gave me in the midst of this interview was, there is hope. Mm-hmm. My listening friend, there is hope for your marriage. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk more about that from the wise counsel of Pastor Roland Slade, Meridian Baptist Church, in the last segment. And if you, uh, if you want to hear some great wisdom, you need to stay right here with us, and we'll be right back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next on AM 1210 K-Praise. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. And we're going to get right to it because uh, time is waning and we want to spend some time with uh, Pastor Roland Slade from Meridian Baptist Church. And we've had a great time, Doug Zabriskie, co-host on the show. And we're talking about uh, infidelity in the church and couples, but we're also talking about how pastors and leaders and counselors deal with that. Roland, are you there with us? Yes, I am. Very How good. How Brother Kaz? Very, very, very good. Uh, Doug Zabriskie is here with us. As he's a, a, a licensed marriage family therapist. Uh, so, Roland, I don't know whether you heard portions of the show, but the whole issue here is how to bring uh, fidelity into an infidelity uh, in, the, in the body of Christ and what not only pastors who sit across the desk like you, but also counselors can do to help make this healing happen. Roland, give us some insight. Well, I, I think the, the the first thing that I wrote down is to that uh, I, I would want to share the love of Christ, to have a gentle heart, and not picking sides, but be actively listening um, and helping to restore them. Um, I know that there's a lot of guilt that usually comes. I mean, there is, of course, guilt with infidelity, but I think you need to listen to them as a pastor, that's where my heart goes out to, to both the, both spouses and uh, trying to, to really make sure that we're glorifying God and bringing about healing and not to bring judgment or condemnation, yes. but to really um, touch them and share that, you know, okay, this has happened. Now we need to move in a way, move forward in a way that glorifies God. Doug Zabrinsky. So, Pastor Roland, you were just talking there about how you and, and you were encouraging others to have uh, God's heart, the heart of the Holy Spirit, the heart of Jesus, of love for these people and to not walk in with judgment. What do you do when you walk into people and, and they don't know the difference between guilt, you know, like conviction, I did something wrong and I feel horrible and I want to repent and I want help, and somebody who's feeling condemnation and shame? How do you help them with that? Well, I, I would make sure that they know the difference between the two that the yes there's there's shame and there's there's that condemnation and there's the guilt of it but there also you know you've got to understand that there's healing and search for that um in the conversation you know have we been, have you really have you asked actively for forgiveness that word actively is important isn't it absolutely I'm still listening to you. You had more to say, yes? <laughs> you caught me, Doug. I, you, I, yeah, I, I think you need to go, you know, further and, you know, talk about, you know, why is it that you feel guilty? What is it, uh, you, you know, how did that happen? Where was the accountability? Um, what are you going to do to to put into your relationship to keep it from happening again? What are you going to actively do? What are you going to really pursue? Got to really make a determination. We're going to pursue holiness, togetherness, and accountability. And as you said that, it made me think about the spouse who is the, let's just say, the offended party. How do we help them from a church Uh, perspective? 
from a church perspective, we need to love them and encourage them in, in offering the forgiveness that they're offering and knowing that, yes, you're, they are wounded. You have taken the really a position of, of mercy and of grace and how we are. We want to encourage you. We want to support you um, and, and help you to get over the hurt that you're feeling. That it's not something that you right. have done. Right. And given that, you know, one of the things I see a lot with the spouse and the church, and I, I'm not talking about pastors, I'm just talking about the greater church, mm-hmm. is that we sometimes get confused and we think, now you need to forgive him, or you need to be tolerant and patient, or you need to something, which is judgment. You need to do this, right? right. When the spouse has been offended and hurt and devastated, and sometimes she or he doesn't even, they've kind of lost everything in their identity. What's wrong with me? Why did my spouse do this? And so how do you help them deal with the fact that they're going to have emotions like anger because I've heard people say you shouldn't be angry like this. How do you deal well, with that? Well, I think it, I think they're going to be angry because I think being angry is part of the healing process. You're trying. You're not you know intentionally being angry. What what is it that that's caused you to be angry? Where's that? Where is that hurt coming from? Um, you know, have you have you really been able to talk about it and express your feelings? Um, and and have the offending spouse really listen to you um, to understand where you have felt, you know, where you have felt that. And it may be that, you know, they're coming together, maybe they're coming together for counseling, but it may be that they need counseling separately. Yes. I think there's a lot of wisdom because sometimes the woman has to be able to speak and be supported and get help for herself, and she's not going to be free to say these things to her husband because he's not ready for it yet. Yes, or he's vice versa. He's feeling so guilty already, or vice versa. Yeah. He's feeling so guilty or whatever already. And they're so enmeshed with each other, they need to be separated, not physically to another house necessarily, but separated in terms of some of that recovery. And when you say, uh, Pastor Roland Slade, that there needs to be a safe environment, the safe environment is the thing that's going to quicken uh, quick and healing. I, I think, you know, if you have a festering wound, you got to get the wound out of a place where that wound is continually festered. And mm-hmm. so there needs to be a safe environment so that true healing can help. Doug, I, you may want to take this a little bit further, but Roland, we've got a couple minutes left, but I want to really bring this through a crescendo because there are a lot of people that have those festering wounds of infidelity and they need to know that there's a safe place and perhaps part of it is knowing where to go. I mean, there are lots of pastors and lots of counselors around here, and uh, we pray that God turns them into the right place and, and, and an environment where this wound isn't festered, but it's healed. Any thoughts on that, Roland Slade? Well, I think, uh, yeah, my, my thought is, you know, the pastor can, can make a, um, can be a counselor and can do that counseling, but it may be that, he or she takes them in in that first initial kind of, um, I'll say, a triage-type situation and listens initially and then makes a referral to a counselor that they know and they trust and that and they assure that spouse, and especially a woman, they assure her that, okay, I'm making this referral to this counselor or these counselors, and I'm not going to go back and hear from them how you're doing. I'm just going to talk with you, and I'm just going to still minister to you. Wow. And let them, let them deal with it. They're better equipped. They're skilled. That is their gifting. I'm your pastor. I want to be here to love you and encourage you and just help you through this journey. Wow. Pastor Roland Slade, Meridian Baptist Church. My friend, uh, Roland has been a friend for 
quite a while, and he has great wisdom. And, you know, one of the things that ha- happens in, a, in an environment, you've got different people having their own different castles. I mean, you have a counselor, and this is my castle, and uh, a pastor, this is my castle. But when we realize that we can work together in things, that's the whole idea of Come Together San Diego. Doug Zabriski, uh, a, a licensed marriage family therapist as well. My friend, I, we're running out of time here, and, and Pastor Roland, thank you for joining us with sure. your wonderful insights. And, and Doug, we've got about 60 seconds left in this segment, so I, I want to thank you for joining us as a co-host on this, but the, there's no question that this topic needs to be dealt with in a greater way. I, we, we invested the entire two-hour show for this, and we just only scratched the surface. So, Doug, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure. My listening friend, I hope this has given you encouragement, and the word that I want to bring to your heart is hope. There is hope for fractured marriages in Christ. If you allow that threefold cord, that third member of the, of the, uh, of the relationship, the, the husband and the wife and Holy Spirit, to have his say. And um, we can prevent the fracture from happening by doing some of the things you said at the early part. Very good. My listening friend, it's really been good having you, Pastor Roland Slade, thank you, and all the guests that have been on the show uh, for this entire two-hour segment. My friend, God wants whole marriages. He can't have a whole church without whole marriages. House divided cannot stand. stand. And we'll be back next week with other great things. My friend, thanks you for listening to Come Together San Diego, and we pray for healed and healthy marriages in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. See you next time. Thanks for joining Chaz Taylor and his many friends, including you. For Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on AM 1210 k Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.